You're here to listen. We are here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason and special guest Nathan Santo Mieri. Nathan Santo Mieri is a youth pastor, a career financial service professional, husband, dad, and a graphic designer and media promotions expert. He designed the Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason podcast cover art graphic and logo. Contact Nathan on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Reference the description box for more details. All you listeners, we have picked up some tacos and nachos. We're starving, so uh, we can't talk unless we're well-fed, so you're going to have to hear that for the uh, first uh, portion of this. You know, when we ordered this food, we said, hey, give us 30 packets of sauce, and we pulled up no sauce. So uh, I just sat there and just waited and waited and waited till finally somebody gave us some sauce. And I was expecting them to count, you know, I'm sure sauce is kind of a uh, commodity nowadays. Oh, man. I, I'm not going to count, but it looks like 65 packets of sauce. Oh, at, here, least, so. at least 65. So I guess you can never have enough sauce. Nathan, bless this food. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for Spirit Signal. Thank you for Taco Bell providing us. We ask you to keep this food safe from all sickness and disease. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're, uh, we want to give a shout out to... Uh, Evangelist Tyler Sullivan of the Western District, Epic Youth President. We, uh, we were, us three were all together uh, right at, right before all this went down. Last weekend, yeah. And uh, we uh, went out and got some late night Taco Bell. Mm. We were kind of worried about what it would taste like. But it was like the best Taco Bell we'd ever had. The best. <laughs> and we ate like really good that weekend around here in Kansas City. We, <laughs> we kept talking about... Man, that Taco Bell. Man, that was so good. Man, 2 a.m. Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to recreate that moment. I don't know if we can, but we, we have a big pile of uh, sauce here. So uh, so a- after you hear this, message us, what have you been eating lately? What have you been eating lately? What do you order at Taco Bell? I can't get over the nachos and tacos. Mm. They don't make it anymore, but the Mexi Melt used to be my favorite thing on the menu. The Mexi Melt. I've never had a Mexi Melt. I, I I like the burritos, gorditas, all of that. Chalupas. Mm-hmm. But I just keep going back to tacos and nachos. Can't go wrong with that. No. I think if most people were honest, they probably eat Mexican food three times a week. Yes. Right? I would. I do. Tremendous Mexican breakfast is Huevo Rancheros. Oh, yeah. It's like chips, beans, eggs. Your wife's from missionary's daughter from Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Is Nicaraguan food different than Mexican food? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have as much flavor, just in a different way, maybe, rather. And uh, they eat beans and rice for breakfast, and lunch and dinner. It's called Gallo Pinto. It's tremendous. Um, but a lot of... Uh, a lot of chicken, a lot of beef, and uh, but still it's the same rice consistency, but just a little bit different. But it's good, it's delicious. Sounds good. I had a uh, a Mexican omelet 
Mm. One time while I was staying in a hotel, mm -hmm. like I would never think salsa would taste good on eggs. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful on eggs. You get like that cold salsa with onions and cilantro. Yeah. Tastes good with eggs and sausage and all of that. We actually remember the Nicaraguan place in St. Louis, La Fritanga, that we went to, Missouri oh, District Conference. I didn't even brush my teeth that night. I wanted to go to bed tasting that steak. <laughs> Randall, Randall Lee was with us. Mm -hmm. What's up, Randall? He's a Spirit Signal listener. Yes. Yeah, that was great food. Tremendous. As a whole, I think American, whatever it is, if it's Mexican food in America, Italian food in America, Nicaraguan food in America, America t has a tendency to season everything up a little bit more, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I went to a authentic Italian restaurant here in Kansas City with evangelist Jesse Corneo, and he was so stoked about it. And, uh, you know, he knows good food. Shout out to evangelist Corneo. He's a spirit signal listener, too. So we get we get down there, and I'm looking at the menu, you know, and it's a lot of a, a, you know Italian words, things, a few things I recognize. And they bring out the food, and I'm like, did I order a bowl of cereal? Like it, <laughs> it, it was such a small portion, you know. Yeah. But I'm not going to complain. I was hungry. You know, I ate it in two bites. And he goes, "What did you, what did you think?" And I said, "Bro, it was good, but to me, Mexican food, or I mean Italian food, should taste like buca de beppo." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You know, saucy, sugary, and a lot of it. Well, in Italy, they do the seven courses, so it's just you just nonstop eating. And, oh, and if you don't, if you eat one plate of it, you're not going to be full. But by end of seven, you're seven courses. Yeah. So they actually take time to enjoy their food. Mm -hmm. You know what I found about eating? It is difficult to eat with somebody that you're not at peace with. Yes. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, if you if you have like unforgiveness towards somebody, very difficult to eat with them. Yes, can't look them in the eye. You can't look them in the eye, and your food just don't taste good. No. You can't enjoy a dinner with somebody that because you're wondering what's going to set be said next that might throw you over the edge. <laughs> so I think um, if you're listening to this and somebody's hurt you. And you want to know, have I forgiven them? Have a okay. meal with them. Try to have a meal with them. And hopefully peace will be restored. It's good. Obviously, if you are saying, for lack of a better term, if you'd, if you'd want them to go to hell, you, you haven't forgiven them. But maybe you don't want them to go to hell. Hopefully you don't want them to go to hell. Because if you haven't forgiven their sins, how much more can your father forgive your sins? So if you don't want them to go to hell, that's good. But can you sit down and have a meal with them? Which is one of the reasons you take a look at the Lord's Supper. You know, look at the way Paul talks about it. Yeah. Drinking it unworthily because of your relationships with other people in the church. Mm. So the Lord's Supper can become a curse to somebody who eats it, drinks it, and has sinned against somebody and they're not right with the Lord so yeah. so that must mean you and I are 
at peace because we're chilling. Man, I'm two tacos in. Wow. And a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, and I'm finishing my nachos without a spork. First thing we do when we get to heaven is eat. Yes. I believe that the food there yeah. will taste whatever, like whatever you mm-hmm. need it to taste like. You know, church culture has kind of changed. Maybe your church still does this, but you know, a lot of churches still have like food after every service. Mm. <laughs> like a fry, like the church mothers will be down there fried chicken mm. on Sunday morning. Oh, I mean, I'm not mad at that. Man, we don't really do that no. at this church. We've got a lot of restaurants and stuff nearby, but some churches that don't. I mean, yeah, you got to have a, a dinner. You know, they, the ladies are down there frying chicken. <laughs> Pastor's giving us altar call and everybody starts smelling <laughs> chicken. I preached at a church in Missouri where um, it was really cool. It was a small, small town after church. Everybody was at the same restaurant. So a little similar. But um, it was a buffet, and they had some uh, killer pot roast. Killer pot roast. Mmm. It was delicious. That's right. Church food. Mm. I've never heard of a church making pot roast. But I've heard of, like, fried chicken dinners. Yeah. Uh, If it's youth, it's going to be pizza or nachos. Definitely. Youth nachos are good. Yeah. Little Caesar's pizza for youth. Yes. I could eat that. <clears throat> but then the the potlucks. I do kind of miss the potlucks. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to a potluck in a while. Yeah, that's fun. Food brings us together. And hopefully you've been able to cook at home during this COVID-19. Cooking at home is good. A lot of families don't do it anymore. You know, it's kind of hard. To, I mean, you can have a lot of fun, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. Most dates should be done at a restaurant yes but having a family dinner around the table you know you don't have the noise of everybody else you don't have to worry about what somebody else walked in wearing or smelling like (laughs) (laughs) it's just the family you know and for those of us with small children you don't have to worry about what your child does at the dinner table yes my son enjoys throwing food Yes, it makes a big mess, but it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, after church food is a—it's uh, a good time. Oh, this taco looks good. On Wednesday nights, I eat before church. I yeah. never eat before church. Wednesday nights the only time I do. I don't even eat breakfast on Sundays usually. But after church on Wednesday night, I could have had a steak, potatoes. Still hungry after church. It's like we go to church. I'm hungry. I, I do eat breakfast on Sunday mornings. It's always just like a breakfast sandwich, mm. nothing big. Yeah, I always eat breakfast like that. But before church, like if we have Sunday night church, you know, I, I almost don't even want to eat lunch. I just yeah. don't want to go to church full. Yeah. And that's really weird. But I, I don't know. I guess, hey, if you got to have food in you before midweek, that's fine. But like at a conference or something, no. like you, you know, you get out of service at like noon. You schmooze till one. You finally get to the restaurant, get your food about two thirty. Yeah. You schmooze. You talk. Get back to your hotel at 
Yeah. I mean, do you want to eat again no. for dinner like at no. five or six and then go to church at seven? No. no. I'm at, not doing it. At Youth Congress this last year, we had a we had Gus's fried chicken came oh. on yeah. Friday night. And I'll never forget it. It was Friday night. We were all exhausted from Youth Congress. And all the students ate their chicken. Everybody had a set amount, how much chicken they could have. Well, the youth group, the good news is there's always people that aren't, that can't eat that late. Between myself and a few of our youth and some of our youth staff, we each slammed down nine pieces of fried gus chicken, <laughs> fried chicken, like the chicken breasts, not like the tenders, but the yeah. bone-in. It's delicious. Big stuff. Man, they got good food. They sure do. Those uh, fried pickles are amazing. Yeah. They got good spicy chicken. Yeah. I love spicy chicken. You know, you cook a lot. Do, do they put the heat in the batter or they put it on after after it comes out of the fry? What do, what do they do? It depends on where you go. Um, like Hattie B's down in Nashville, Nashville Hot Chicken, they put the heat in everything. The pickles are hot. The batter is hot. The sauce is hot. Everything is hot. Um, and I'm not sure what Gus's does. I, I believe that they might use hot batter as well. But I, whenever I make spicy chicken, the batter is is hot. Well, they do like put jalapeno powder in, in the yeah, in the, like chili powder, chili powder. Jala, jalapenos. Yeah. Awesome. This is good. Oh yeah, brother Sullivan. Uh, these tacos are exactly the way I remember them when you were with us in March. They're ah. delicious. Yeah. Well, um, this is the first week of the Show Me Recovery. But Governor Parson has put out. And I, I you know, man, I went to the, the store yesterday. And people are still in their masks. They still got their gloves on. People are keeping social distancing, but people seemed happier. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a glimpse of hope. Yeah. yeah I had to go to the store yesterday as well. Um, and because uh, I smoked a brisket yesterday, and I forgot to get some baked beans for it. Ooh. And uh, the uh, the store workers, for the first time in two months, had smiles on their faces. Yeah. And uh, it was just it was good to see. It was good to see hope and people kind of coming to peace. I had a cashier actually tell me a very inappropriate joke. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I could I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was something about because I bought some tulips, you know, for my wife for Mother's Day. <laughs> and she said something like, she she had a mask on. I couldn't really hear, but she goes, "Hey, you know, the only thing better than drugs is something about tulips." And I just <laughs> this raised one eyebrow up at her, and she goes, "Oh, okay, sorry. I probably shouldn't have said that." <laughs> True story. I, but I kept I kept a cool head, you know. Why get mad? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first joke she has said since March fifteenth. Sometimes that's a breakthrough for people. She probably had a bunch of jokes pent up, and that's all that could come yeah. out. 
I guess. But, um, you know, there's just uh, the feeling of hope. Yeah. I see that people are coming out of this, and um, I think the church feels it. And just um, people are optimistic. Yeah. You know, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's a good word, optimistic. Yeah. Opt- optimistic, optimistic about it. Uh, it just seems like pe- people are okay, you know. We're so sad to hear, you know, some families, church families, you know, throughout the church and the world are affected <clears throat> by COVID-19. You know, when, when this, all this first started, I, I knew we would lose some, but most would live. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying that. Yeah. And I mean, it's obvious what would happen, but I thank God for good governing authorities, great uh, medical staff, law enforcement, but most of all, just the citizens, at least around here. Everybody has been respect respectful. I don't know of any thefts or any break-ins, you no, know. No. Everybody's treated this almost like a big snow day. Yeah. And I think God has helped, you know, all of this. It's really awakened a lot of people's minds and hearts, you know, to this world, yeah. you know. I think the word that you used a couple of weeks ago on Spirit Signal was patience. People have patience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've only come across a couple of people during this time, you know, out in public that were just a little frustrated, you know, <laughs> and... Rightfully so sometimes, but the majority of people are patient and they understand that, you know, we're trying, we're trying to get better. It's not a perfect situation right now, but we're making the best that we can and we're doing the best that we can. So. Absolutely. You know, one thing I'm thinking about, it's kind of weird bringing this up while we're eating, but I think America, you know, when it first started, we were like, well, we were not ready for this. Well, you think about it. The death toll is not as high no. as they said it was going to be. So they had to, what's the word, redact? Is that a word for it? Redacted? Well, from like, how are men, 60,000 to 30,000 or something? Mm-hmm. Which is still sad, but and we said we're not ready. We were not ready. Well, I think we were more ready than we thought. Yeah. You know, we ran out of toilet paper. Now we're running a, there's a shortage on beef. I wonder what the third thing will be. Hair clippers? I mean. (laughs) Could be. Could be. My guys are having to cut their hair. Mm. But a serious question. Is America ready for a famine? No. I don't think I don't think we are. No. And the reason being... I don't think we've had one of epic proportions. Sure, there was the Great Depression, which was bad. Awful, rather. But we've never had a famine in the land. And I think we're way too comfortable as a civilization here in the United States where it would get ugly very quick. And I don't think I don't think we could. Yeah. I mean, if, if it was like a famine in America, you almost, 
could not just live in your house in your neighborhood. Mm-mm. You'd almost have to have like a nuclear bunker. Yeah. I don't have a bunker. Do you? I don't have a bunker. <laughs> I don't have a bunker. Or a cabin in the mountains. But even then, they'll find you. They'll find you. I've thought about taking the portion of my house that's underground and digging like 10 feet in, making a bunker. That would work. But yeah, what, you know, if you get a, if you get hit with a famine, think about like a Bible famine. A lot of times they were seven years. That's what I talked Sometimes about just three, but even... You talked about that tonight? I did. Wow. We're in the Holy Ghost. We yeah. are. Yeah. Holy Ghost and Taco. Yeah. So, <laughs> you think about this, just a famine for three years. There's no rain. Everything dries up. Three years. Yeah. How are you going to survive for three years just on, uh, what do they call those those deals that the Army uses? MREs. The rations. MREs. What does MRE stand for? No clue. Military ration something. Yeah, it's, it's like they have like spaghetti and meatballs yeah. wrapped up and it'll, it'll last for 50 years. Yeah. You know, how many of those can you have stashed in like a private residence and in, in, in a house? In Not a basement? enough for three years. Three, you know, if it's going to be a famine from God, three, three, three or seven years. Yeah. Oh. Is America ready for that? I don't think so. I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for it. I don't know. Oh, for good taco. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not. When you think about all the things that Jesus said would happen, you know, to be the beginning of sorrows, pestilence, famines, and earthquakes. We're seeing it. I mean, we're, we're seeing wars, rumors of yeah. wars, men's hearts failing them for fear, fearful sights in the sky. We're seeing those. We're seeing those. I mean, the moon. I mean, we walked out, and it wasn't, like, scary, but it was like, whoa! Yeah. Big full moon. Yeah. So, I don't think we're ready for pestilence, either. Imagine living with locusts like that. Yeah. I mean, now we've got the murder wasp. So that's real. That's real. Some of the pictures I've seen, it looks like CGI. Yeah. I guess it's real. Where are they at right now? Washington State is what I've saw, what I've seen. Two tacos left. One for me. No, they're yours. (laughs) No. You've got to share, man. Share. No, I've had six. Share, man. Okay. Yes. Uh, this last one is for you, Tyler Sullivan. <laughs> <Won't he be? laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that hornet, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. So is it like a is it like a newly discovered species or it's something that's existed throughout Asia and it came over on a boat or I'm not sure. I haven't all I know is that I saw somewhere that it was in Washington State. It's yeah. evil. Why couldn't, like, panda bears come over here? Yeah, why did COVID and hornets come over here? More panda bears. Yeah. I love panda bears. They're so cute. They are. I'm, sh- I'm sure, though, if there was one in this room, it probably wouldn't be too happy. No. 
I don't think they like people. Mm-mm. Maybe. We just offered some bamboo. It'd be good. <laughs> there you go. I do love Chinese food, man. Kung, I had a Kung Pao chicken. Oh, that's good. Sunday night. Yep. I had it. Kung Pao chicken? No. I had sesame chicken. Now, you've been to China, right? Mm-hmm. Chinese food is different. China food is different than Chinese food. Correct. Than what we know it is Chinese food. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Chi- Chinese food in China is different than Chinese food in America. Much different. Yeah. It's good, but much different. A lot of duck. Yeah, they do like duck. I- I'm not a huge fan of it. Well, it's a clean animal. Yeah. Tasty bird. They know how to fry it in Arkansas. Yeah. I've not had it fried. I would, I'd probably like it fried. Um, while we were over there, we ate, um, I think the most interesting thing we ate was um, duck liver ice cream. Duck liver ice cream. Ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is very interesting. Yeah. Is that like a common thing, or is that just like one restaurant? Deal? It was one restaurant's deal. That's kind of what they were known for. It was terrible. I heard they like KFC in China. They love KFC and Pizza Hut, but it is a luxury experience. <laughs> when you go to KFC, like you sit, it's a sit-down restaurant, full service. Like the men and women were going in there, men suit and tie, ladies nice evening dress. Man, yeah. Hey. Hopefully, uh, all of the good people in China are enjoying some KFC tonight. Yes. Or some Pizza Hut. Bro, Pizza Hut, to me, pizza should taste like Pizza Hut. <laughs> Back in the old days at the old church and we had Sunday night church. Now, nowadays, we have Sunday night at 11 a.m., okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> we go to Pizza Hut, and man, was it good. Oh, yeah. You know, back then, I could eat a whole large, you know, when I'm like seven, eight years old, could eat a whole large and still go to bed that night, wake up for school on Monday, be fine. I right. mean, I mean, no problem. Now, I couldn't sleep. Get pizza dreams. I would have pizza dreams. Yeah. Those are real. Yeah. It, yeah, pizza gives you weird dreams. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, Pizza Hut by my house growing up in uh, Pennsylvania. If you, during the summer, if you could prove, they gave you this list of books that you could read. And if you could read all the books by the end of summer, you'd, eat, you'd get three weeks free of Pizza Hut. <laughs> you could come in once a week, or twice a week, I think it was, for three weeks. And my mom would make us read all the books. Me and my sisters would go to Pizza Hut and go to the Pizza Hut buffet. <laughs> and if you've never been to a Pizza, pizza Hut buffet, you are missing out. Absolutely. I've tried all kinds of pizzas. Mm-hmm. I just keep coming back to pepperoni. Oh, yeah. My favorite, believe it or not, is a New York-style slice of cheese pizza. I love cheese pizza. Like when Home Alone, Kevin McAllister is in New York, <laughs> and he gets into the limo. And they're like, sir, your pizza is here. And they open it extra cheese, and it's piping hot. Oh, That's how yeah. I love it. 
That's it. All that, man, they made that pizza look good. Yep. With extra parm on top. You got me in the mood for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is going to be great this year. I'll tell you the funniest scene in that movie is when, is it Tim Allen? He's standing there at the desk. No, Tim. Uh, no, Tim Carey. No, Tim. Uh, Curry. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. He's standing there at the desk and Rob Schneider's there. It's the bellhop. <laughs> and he goes, Cedric, don't count your tips in public. <laughs> I like that scene. That is funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, pizza, years ago I was on a plane and I was reading the magazine that was just there in the seat pocket. There was an interesting deal on just the evolution of pizza, how it's changed, but it originally was a poor man's food. Yeah. The Jews created it. Mm. Matzah is a, is a Jewish cheese. Yeah. And the, But then um, the Italians, you know, took it to way to another level. Yeah. You know, but it was a poor man's yeah. food. Wow. And it was actually made, you know, they would just take kosher bread, mm -hmm. kosher cheese, a little tomato sauce, and that was poor man's food. And it was actually, and I, I can't quote the source of the magazine. I was on Southwest, so if you want to do your research. <laughs> but it was made during a time of a pandemic. Mm. Yep. We need another pizza intervention. <laughs> we need a pizza intervention, but... You think about uh, like barbecue. We love that around here in Kansas City. Barbecue used to be a poor man's food. Wow. But people learned how to make it taste great, and now mm -hmm. it's a delicacy. Fried catfish. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, the same thing. And I wonder what's going to happen now that we used to think was, you know, so small and insignificant that'll come out yeah. of this as something great. It's oh, good. I don't know. Toilet paper? Yeah. The toilet paper, that's right. Something like that. I, I don't know, but I uh, I know this. Everybody's excited <clears throat> and anticipating to get back to church. Yes. Amen. You know, we miss seeing the church family. And it just goes to show how powerful a human being can be mm -hmm. for somebody. You know, you, I mean, pastors just preaching. Man, those are good tacos, bro. Those are tremendous. Now I'm going to enjoy a Baja Blast. <clears throat> the best drink that Mountain Dew ever made. Baja Blast. But, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've loved getting to see and hear a lot of our great preachers, you know, on, on a live stream, and some of which have never done it. Yeah. You know, now they are. They're doing it from their home, and you're getting to hear, you know, their ideas, you know, that we never ever heard yeah. before. I appreciate, I appreciate that. And, you know, you feel the, the moving of the Holy Ghost even through your device, sure. but, you know, face-to-face -face conversation you know, is the best because you can, the, the person's human soul yeah. is ministering to you because yeah. it's there present. Yeah. You know, and, and we need that. And it's one of the nice things about church. I, I got this revelation actually at Youth Congress when I was a teenager. I got to looking around and I realized I'm not alone. Yeah. You know, when I look around and see thousands of people there, I'm, I'm not alone. Yeah. Because it's easy to feel alone, you know, in school, at work. But I close my eyes and I think about a big audience like that. Or, yeah. I'm not alone. There's a cloud of witnesses. Yeah. When you think about it, I mean, think about how powerful it is because 
So how often in our lives do we feel like we're the only one that struggles with what we struggle with or we go through what we go through? Nobody knows the season that I'm in. Nobody understands what I'm going through. And we get to this place and then you get to a moment like a youth congress where there's, you know, what was there, 45,000 students there this last year. There's somebody else there that's struggling or going through the same things or going through a similar season that you're going through. You're not alone. And it just because it's so easy to get consumed in our church or consumed during this time where we're away. And, you know, nobody knows what we're going through at our home, you know, during this season, or nobody knows the pain, nobody knows the hurt that I've experienced. But all of a sudden, once you see other people and you can, and um, I, I believe that this is true, that when you've gone through a trying season, you can identify other people that are going through something similar and it, you can yeah. help minister to them and you, they help minister to you. So I think that there's also that too, that aspect of it as well, is that it, it just it brings that peace that you're not alone no matter where you're at. Yeah. You know, you think about this when you're when you come to the Lord, you obey the gospel and God changes your life. You you wanna bury the past. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to resurface. Sure. But I tell you what, there's a reason you went through what you went through, right. and that is to help somebody else. Yeah. Because the Bible says nothing is new under the sun, meaning what has happened into your life, it's already happened to somebody. Yeah. And it's going to happen to somebody else after that. And we're all different individuals, but there's certain things and common threads that have happened in our lives that identify with so many other people. Yeah. And that's why, you know, the Bible says bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. You know, you whatever burdens you have. You know, you need to try to make it applicable to somebody that you're ministering to. You know, you you think about the. I, th- I think right now we're sitting here chowing down, talking, whatever. You know, you and I are both pastor sons. You and I both understand. You know that life and now and how horrible saints are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love saints. You know the uh, the pressures uh, of that and sure. You know, but it's a, it's a good life, but. Yeah, I think uh, you know all of the all of us are going to come out of COVID nineteen with a story. Yeah, you know something that we will never forget. And I doubt anybody's ever going to say, "Oh, I loved COVID 19 COVID nineteen right. saved my life. <laughs> right? COVID. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's yeah. not going to be like that. Yeah. Although I did have somebody tell me, "Hey, COVID nineteen saved my marriage." Well, there we go. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's powerful. I, yeah, and and I, and I and I and when that person told me that, I just paused. <laughs> You'll be surprised what people will tell you when you just stay quiet. Just raise your eyebrows. Yep, they just keep talking. But they just said, "Yeah, it saved my marriage," and I just they're like, "Yeah, it saved my marriage." <laughs> and just stay quiet. Yep, because I wanted them to say more, but they wouldn't say more. <laughs> no, no, and I think one thing that you just said is so so true is, um about from a perspective of when you come back and when you talked about kind of what that looks like and wanting to bear witness and kind of see that, um, you know, the story of the Shunammite woman, she comes back after leaving the land for seven years. There was a famine. Elisha told her to get out, told her to leave. She comes back and here God has set her up to bear witness of his great works and to tell the king of what he could do. And Gehazi, Elisha's servant, is sitting there 
And he's telling the king, and the king asked, hey, tell me what great works Elisha has done. And Gehazi is telling the king all these great things that he's seen Elisha do. And he said, as a matter of fact, because the woman had come back and asked for her land back, that's all she wanted. But when she walks in, her testimony of what you were talking about, she walked in to verify the testimony that this is the woman whose son was raised from the dead. He was a miracle, and then he died, and then he was raised from the dead. And when he walks in, that miracle is validated to the king. Gehazi says to the king, this is the one. And then the king says, not only are you going to receive your land back, but you're going to get everything back that you lost during the seven years of the famine. Yeah. And it, you know, and it just it's unique how God positions us to verify his word and his testimony with our lives. Because when we walk into those situations... There's somebody else that's been through it. There's somebody else that's going to go through it. But we're able to verify our t what God can do through the word of our testimony and the power of his name. And it's just, it's amazing to see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think about what Jesus said with the blind man. <clears throat> Him and his disciples passed by a blind man. And they said, Lord, who did this sin? Yeah. Did he sin or did his parents sin? Who's yeah. the sinner here? You know, because if you're blind, that means you're a sinner. Right. That's how they thought about things sure. back then. If you had a physical ailment, you you had struggles in life, you're that way because of yeah. your sin. You're now what you sow is what you reap. Sure. You know, the way of a transgressor is hard, yeah. the Psalms say, but in that case, Jesus said it's this is not because of sin, it's an opportunity for the works of God to be seen. Yeah. And that famine, you think you, yeah, the the widow woman or uh, the Shunammite woman, all of that. You know, that famine, you think think of famine, who are the first people that aren't going to make it? A, a family like that, yeah. you know? Uh, you know, and then the the death and the resurrection of a son, all, yeah. all of those things. You know, it's just amazing who, in those hard times in the Bible, who, who God would send the prophet to. Yeah. And who survived, yeah. you know, all of those things. And, you know, during this COVID-19 you know, nobody is insignificant in the yeah. eyes of God. You know, um, I, was, I was talking to somebody about this earlier. We were talking about angels. The first place an angel appears in the Bible is to a single mom, mm. Hagar. Yeah. Wow. You wow. Know? Yeah. That's so, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, God... You know, God works in mysterious ways, the old timers used to say. And I'm hearing a lot of amazing things that, that God is doing now in this COVID-19. And it is exciting you know, to know that the Lord is still working and still yeah. answering prayer. And uh, so we thank God for that. And uh, I know here in our local church, our youth group has really... Uh, stepped up and been involved and you know pretty much it's a daily thing you know on the internet yeah. and you know they're getting god in their phone yeah. you know yeah it's special and it's you know and I've, I've challenged our students that during this season um something you said earlier was nobody's excited about COVID 19 but this is an opportunity for our students to look back and to say man 2020 what a year that was the year I got my spiritual disciplines in place. I finally learned how to read my Bible and to pray every day mm. and to fast and get a regular regiment of that because of this pandemic. And, you know, it's, it, it, and pastor said it, you've said it. And I, 
and I believe it, we can't leave this season the way that we came into it. Mm-hmm. it. We've got to leave changed. And even from those who have spiritual disciplines in place, what is it that you're able to draw out of this season? And God's speaking louder than ever before because a lot of the noise is gone. And when you're yeah. willing to listen, God is willing to speak. And there have been times during this season that, you know, for me, me personally, God has spoken to me and ways that I've not heard him before and to see that and to, to feel that. And, you know, what brother Justin just said about angels, they're more prevalent right now than ever. You know, I see where people are seeing angels in their home. We, my wife and I were sitting at breakfast and, you know, just felt an angel pass us by and just, you know, and it's just incredible just to feel what God is doing and to see what God is doing in this season and to those that are willing and hungry to, to receive it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, does God move when things are perfect? <laughs> Not usually. Yeah, no. He usually moves, you know, when people are, you know, uh, oppressed for 450 yeah. years like Israel yeah. and Egypt. Yeah. You know, he moves upon people like Gideon, who's oppressed by the Midianites. Yeah. You know, he moves in times like Naaman is stricken with leprosy. Yeah. Or... Uh, during the uh, the time Israel was, uh, there was a siege laid and the four lepers, yeah. you know, they left the gate yeah. to the Syrian army. And lo and behold, the, the Syrians all left and they, the yeah. four lepers had a nice lunch. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so you, you look at God moving, you know, in those types of situations and circumstances. And, um, uh, yeah, that just what makes Jesus all the more special. Yeah. Is that when your life is broken and you feel uncertain and there you don't you don't know what tomorrow brings, you know, the Lord is right there to comfort you yeah. and to help you in your present. Yeah. And he's a you know, the old timers used to sing of course we still sing this song. He's an on time God. Yes, yeah. he is. Great he song. may not come, and I'm not going to sing it here. <laughs> not after I just ate Taco Bell. You know? <laughs> but he may not come when you want him. He'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, yes, he is. He is on time. And this COVID-19, the Lord uh, has, you know, uh, a calendar for this. Mm-hmm. And there's a purpose for this. And I know a lot of people who never thought about God and were never mindful of sure. Him. They have turned to the Lord. Yeah. During the season, the people that have wanted to be spiritual have been spiritual. Yeah. You know, they, they know what to do, and they yeah. God's given us patience. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, the people that want to be carnal, <laughs> yeah, they have been carnal. Yeah. And uh, I would hate to think that I stood before God, you know, and the COVID-19 situation got brought up. And I have to testify, it's on my record on this earth, that I did not take that opportunity to draw yeah. near to the Lord. So, so true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I think the significance of what this season means, because this has put the world at a standstill. It's not a Kansas City thing. It's not a Missouri thing. It's not a Kansas thing. This is the world is at a standstill. The economy almost collapsed, and we're well on our way back, which is great. Thank God. But the world came to a standstill, and God got everybody's attention. And imagine imagine 
being the one that has to stand before God and said, hey, I saw you pulled for my attention, but Netflix was too great. Mm. Playing Fortnite, whatever it is. And as a youth pastor, that's the youth pastor lingo there. <laughs> Fortnite, Netflix. But from a bigger perspective, that I didn't take the time to sow into my future. Because you said it earlier. We sow what we, we reap what we sow. And if you're going to sow dysfunction, if you're going to sow not seeking after God during the season, guess what you're going to get after the season? You're going to get dysfunction and not seeking after God. And I would hate to be the one that said, hey, you know what, God, I found better things to do with my time when you stripped everything away, when you allowed everything to be stripped away, than to seek after you and to seek your kingdom. Yeah. Time is easy to get away. It can get away from us very easy. Yeah. I mean, if you're not careful, you'll realize, whoa, I haven't prayed yeah. like devotional style prayer in yeah. like months. Yeah. You know, time, sometimes it goes slow. I remember like when I was in school, you know, you're in homeroom and you look up at the clock and it's like 7.50 a.m. Yeah. And it would like take forever to get to 2, yep. 2 p.m. Yep. You know, but now it's like, 8 a.m. and it feels like five seconds went by. And whoa, it's five o'clock. You right. Know? And time uh, goes by. That's why uh, spiritual discipline and and habitual yeah. uh, religious practices, which includes prayer, yeah. you know, Bible reading, and uh, being a part of your church, which is now primarily done through the internet. Yeah. Those things are so important, and you've got to make time for it. And you know, the more you do it, it just stacks up and it, yeah. it uh, changes the way you think and feel, Yeah. you know, what you do. And I'll tell you what, you don't pray, you lose your convictions. Sure do. And you don't stay in the word. You don't have preaching in your life. You just start to slip. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it, and it can happen to anybody because we're all flesh. Yeah. And, you know, we've got to approach our walk with God, our relationship with him with humility. Yeah. You know, and reverence and uh, sincerity. And, you know, you're a youth pastor, and I'm sitting here, I'm just thinking about a lot of our youth and youth in churches. You know, we I never went through anything like this, you no. know, as a teenager. Yeah. You know, I was a freshman in Bible college with 9-11, and I remember feeling so weird. Mm-hmm. But only for about three or four days yeah. after that. And then everything, it didn't go back to normal, but... You know, it, I felt okay to go outside, you yeah. know. But now... You just don't know. You just don't... You know, what, COVID could be anywhere yeah. at any time, you know. Yeah. I mean, right now we're, we're, we're sitting in here in a, in a, you know, in a cafe here at, at our church, you know. Some, somebody could be driving down the road and cough and a COVID bug could get sure. out of their car, blow through the air, get through our the air vents in the church and down here in the... I mean, I could get it. It could be anywhere, you know. Yeah. If you're, if you're, <laughs> you ever seen that movie or read that book, Horton, here's a who. Yeah. The little <laughs> Whoville's on a speck of dust. <laughs> I mean, COVID could be floating around like that anywhere. Just like Whoville. Just like, yeah, a little Whoville. Yeah. But, yeah. um, you know, but you just, you take your precautions and just trust God to protect you from sickness and disease. But most importantly, the time that we have, the everything slowed down. Yeah. There's no excuse to not come back better than the way you left. Well, there's a blessing in coming back. 
I mean, there's a blessing in it, and there's a blessing in coming back better than when you left because I think the, the I mean, look at the narrative in um, the New Testament when Jesus heals the lepers. They, majority of them leave, but one comes back. Yes. And the reason is, and, you know, I, I was understanding and, you know, kind of studying this was the lepers were afar off when they asked Jesus to be healed. Yeah. None of them were close. Jesus healed other people that had infirmities and disease up close. The, le- the one leper realized that, hey, in order for my life to be truly transformed, I got to get close. It's not enough. And that's kind of what I told some of our students is it's not enough. Casual church can be watched from afar. You can feel God in the back row. You can feel God wherever you sit in the church building. You can feel God in your home. But if you're not willing to get close to God when he's near, Jesus, God in the flesh was near. And the one leper said, I'm going to do whatever it takes while everybody else is going to be cleansed, to receive the word that they need. I'm going to do what it takes to get close to Jesus, the savior, the master. And he identifies that. And I think that that's the way we've got to approach this is, hey, it's great. And we've been at a place in our lives where it's okay where we've done church, we've done church great, we've come into the house of God, we've worshiped. But how many of us are going to come back and say, God, I I can't go a day without getting close to you. I don't need a Sunday morning. I don't need pastor's prayer at 930. I don't need the first worship song to be the thing that draws me close to God. But when I walk in through those front doors, I've already drawn myself close to God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That when I come in, the presence of God is coming with me. I'm not trying to find it. And I think that that's the supernatural experience that this leper taught us was that, hey, it's one thing to get your miracle while you're afar off, but the greater miracle is getting close to Jesus and being there at his feet. Wow. Oh, the altars are open. (laughs) The altars of spirit signal are open. (laughs) Come forth. Man, that's a great word. Yeah. And God wants us to get close to him. Yeah. You know, you you can get close to him, you know, in any, any moment at any time. You could even be on the moon right now listening to this yeah. and draw close to the Lord. But, uh, you know, the moments in my life where I really truly began to draw close to the Lord, it was in altar calls. It was, uh, you know, after, after the preacher would preach. It was after the preacher would preach, I would get close to the Lord. In altar calls, but also I would draw near to the Lord about 3 a.m. Mm. during my teenage mm. years. Yeah, I uh, And I think every, every teenager gets this. Of course, some adults get this, but I had insomnia mm. during my teenage years. And I would usually go, you know, go to bed about 10 p.m., but I'd look over at the clock, it'd be 2 a.m., and I'd still be awake. I could not fall asleep. Wow. Maybe I had too much caffeine. I don't know. <laughs> but when I was about 12 years old, my dad came home and gave me stacks of something called a cassette. Oh, yes. Cassette tapes. Yes. And in them were messages from Billy Cole, Lee Stone King, uh, a lot of great, awesome apostolic preachers. Yeah. And I would put those in my tape player and play those at night. 
And I only had about 10 to 12 of those tapes, and I wish I still had them. I yeah. Threw, threw yeah. them away. I don't know. Maybe they're in storage somewhere. I'll have to look for them. But uh, during those times, I would listen to those messages, and I would just cry. Yeah. And the Holy Ghost would come down and manifest Jesus. in my room. Wow. And, uh, you know, God really uh, met with me in a special way because I was hungry for him. Yeah. And I would listen to the preached word of God and get up and... Sometimes just walk back and forth in the, you know, in my yeah. room. I, I lived down in the basement. I'd have the whole basement to myself, and I'd pray. Oh. You know, God would talk to me. Yeah. And right now, we need to be doing stuff like yeah. that. You know, uh, students, hyphen, all of you. You know, when you're listening to these Spirit Signal episodes, God put the burden in my heart for everybody, but mostly people from the age of 12 to you know, in their early 30s, to experience God with just you and a podcast, so listening good. passively. You're not at church in the presence <clears throat> of people, but, you know, in a solitary place. And uh, I, th- I think the COVID-19 uh, pandemic is coming to an end. It's going to go yeah. back to normal. But we still got time yeah. during all of this. It's still not sped back up yet. It's still slow. We still got time to receive deep things from the Lord. So good. We still got time to receive uh, deep things uh, from the Lord through prayer, through Bible reading. And uh, if you can't sleep right now, the best thing you can do is pray. Yeah. So true. And and that may be what's going on. God wants you to pray. That's right. You know, Jesus told the disciples, can you not watch with me? I mean, think about this. How many times have you stayed up late? (laughs) You know, Doritos doing, and watching Netflix. Yeah, there you go. When I, and the disciples were fishermen. They were yeah. used to staying up all night to fish. Yeah. And why not stay up late and talk to the Lord? So good. Well, and I think, so what you just said is so powerful from a perspective of um, how God speaks to us. And so I, I remember growing up, I had those same things where my uh, my room was upstairs in my parents' house um, growing up, but we had a, um, in the basement was my PlayStation, was my computer and all that stuff. And there'd be times in the middle of the night, three, four in the morning, I'd just wake up and I couldn't go back to sleep. And it, it was that gnawing to go pray. And I'd go down in the basement and my parents' basement was half finished, but like the ceiling was exposed. So you could see spiders crawling sometimes. <laughs> it was a little scary, especially in the middle of the night. And I remember being in the basement the one night and I I just remember crying out to God and, you know, I just, I wanted more of God. And in the basement, in that middle of the night, I turned on my YouTube playlist and I remember, um, old Clint Brown song of, uh, um, he made good music. Yeah, he did. It was one of his uh, songs. I can't think of the name of it right now. Or it's God, you only know, um, Zion is calling, (laughs) but yeah. And I just, I buried my face in the carpet and I just remember crying out. And, it, and since the, since that moment, I've had many encounters in the middle of the night where God has just said, Hey, now's the moment I'm speaking. Are you willing to listen? And I go back to that. It, what reminds me of the old Testament, Samuel in, the, in there saying, you know, yes, Lord, your servant's here to listen. Yeah. And middle of the night. Right middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there, there's something powerful to be said for that because it's taking us out of our comfort zones, taking us out of that, that mindset and waking us up to be attentive to his spirit in the middle of the night. Amen. God wants to talk with us. He wants to meet us in a special way. 
You ready to go get some ice cream? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys later another time. God bless. 